Well, hello, and welcome to our podcast. You're listening to Gay Culture Is, an, an LGBTQ plus podcast where we talk about everything that's gay. Oh, you got through it this week. I'm Tyler. And I'm Richard. We want to talk to you about how gay culture is campy TV shows. Okay. Well, really, it's just more about TV shows that we watched growing up. Retro campy TV shows. Yes, our retro campy TV shows. Is that better? Shows. Okay, well, we'll get started. So, <laughs> now I'm not ready. Too bad, I clicked record. Okay. No take back seats at this point. <laughs> Alright, so, we ha- we're talking about TV shows that we watched uh, when we growing up, kind of the ones that formed our identities. Um, I think everyone has these TV shows that you think of. Um, they are probably in syndication, of course, now, with lots of reruns. We're thinking of things like... We're on Netflix. We're on Netflix. Or I guess Hulu, or Amazon Prime Video, or DirecTV Now. Or on MeTV, mm, if you are what's in that? It. I think it's something that my parents have. Well, I saw a billboard in Mount Airy today that said, Andy's home, and the Andy Griffith Show is going to be on MeTV in 2019. Woo. Anyway, yeah, that's not what they were going to be talking about, is the Andy Griffith show. No, definitely not. I guess but is it camp? No. I, I don't know. I'm going to throw in some of those non-campy TV shows, because I'm going to talk a lot about TV. Mm-hmm. Because I watch weird things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like what? It's not campy. I watched a lot of PBS kids shows until I was... Well, that's not what we're talking about. Well beyond... Oh, I see. The normal age that most people watch PBS. Uh huh. Like all your literary knowledge comes from Wishbone. All my literary knowledge comes from Wishbone, and that's okay. It is, yeah. It's better than no literary knowledge. Yeah, I guess. No knowledge about any books or the plots of anything. Well, it's like watching uh, the PBS show Arthur, where and the recent one where we talked about how Mr. Ratburn was getting married and that was fantastically great. Mm-hmm. To a, another male. To another male, <laughs> yes, yes. Being the most important part of the episode. Not to his... I think, no, there's a little Facebook thing that I think Alabama... And yeah, Alabama Kennedy, is not allowing PBS to show that episode. Right, but then there was a lot... But they said there was an alternative episode for Alabama... Where he married his sister. He married his sister. And I thought... And they were okay with that. Yeah, um, but that, was not, that wasn't really happening. Hilaire. No, it, and it was like a fake article. It was a fake article. It was satire, but yeah. it was hilarious. It's still hilarious. Anyway, but... So, no, the episode... The TV shows that we're talking about kind of here are thinking of, like, I Love Lucy, which I did not love Lucy, um, but we'll get into that. Uh, I Love Lucy. Bewitched, The Munsters, I Dream of Jeannie, mm-hmm. uh, Mama's Family... I did like Mama's Family. I watched it quite a bit. The Nanny. But The Nanny and The Golden Girls were really my shows. Well, I think The Golden Girls is every gay person's show. Well, for a long time on Lifetime, the, t- the channel, they would show at night time, around like before I went to bed, they showed The Nanny and Golden Girls, usually two episodes of each, back to back, and I would just watch the whole two-hour block. Some of us didn't have Lifetime growing up. Well, I'm talking like middle school and high school. Yeah. That's and that's what I, well, I know, but that's what I, that's how I watched them. I mean, we didn't have all these magical streaming services, which the nanny still isn't available. But we've now purchased the nanny, got the complete series on DVD, and I'm very excited. Which we have been watching all, all weekend. weekend. Um, which is how we got the topic of this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. She's so fab. She is. 
I I don't remember. I, I recall not liking the nanny growing up. Like I just her voice annoyed me, but now I just love to hear it. Mm-hmm. And you, there was some short tangent. That there's some TV show with Pamela Anderson that you oh like. VIP. VIP yes I love VIP but is it camp yes yes <laughs> yes it is I mean that was such a great thing so if you haven't watched VIP we're gonna talk about this for five seconds because what it is is Pamela I Anderson, enjoyed that show. she was running a, I think it was a hot dog stand and somehow she saved this person and got hired as a bodyguard with this team mm-hmm. and it was all about how Pamela Anderson was the face of the agency. Yeah. It was so great. I loved it. It really is. And my parents thought I was straight because it was Pamela Anderson and mm-hmm. her boobs. And I'm like, no. Well, my parents thought I was straight because I like Britney. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because someone likes <laughs> Pamela Anderson doesn't mean that they're straight. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's see. I think um, I think I listed most of them that I think we're going to discuss today. I'm sure others will get thrown in as we well, remember let's see. them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. So yeah. let's think of let's start with like I love Lucy. I think so. My grandmother had um, cable television. This mm-hmm. is how I got to watch these because mm-hmm. it was on Nick at Night. Like cable. Like cable. She had cable. She had cable. But your parents didn't. My my dad's grandma. My dad's mom. Oh. Yeah. My mom's she mom. She did. Yeah. Yeah. She my dad's did. mom had cable. Okay. And we would go over there and Nick at Night. Um would be what was playing most of the time. Right. So that's where I discovered Bewitched and the Munsters and Adam's Family because I had never heard of them until then. So I was probably about five to seven years old at this yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, out of those, I think Bewitched is probably my favorite. I like Bewitched pretty good. I think it's because like she was magic. Yes. I Anything to do with the, magic, I'm all the for. Main draw. Which is and why like, I liked the Munsters and Adam's Family. I dream Regini was also Okay. I dream Virginia was good, but it was not on the same level. I think it was more. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember as much about I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah. Other than. Yeah. I mean, I watched it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. But Bewitched was better, in my opinion. Well, because you had the two Darrens, which. I was. Well, that's not a big deal, but. No, what we were watching, they were. We were. Ta- it was on the nanny. Because they were talking about the two Darrens in Bewitched. Oh, really? On one of the episodes that we watched today. Oh, really? They did. I missed that. Um, because one of them... Because they said one of them was something and one of them was out. I don't... Now or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, did, I missed that. I don't know. Maybe I misread what the conversation was about on the nanny. But um, I always liked Bewitched because of the magic involved. And... Um, I don't know where I was going with this. Put your book down. Well, okay. And pay attention. No, I'm, I am. I am paying attention. Uh-huh. No, I'm reading about. I'm reading Susan Sontag's essay, notes on camp. Okay. So. Which I actually do not like the word camp. I because I, I was going to read you all a few samples of it. Well. Well, just some some highlights from it. Some some. Okay. Well, go ahead points. and entertain us. No, that's fine. I was going to do that later. Let's let's go ahead. Okay. Well. Keep going. I have never really liked the the adjective campy. Mm-hmm. Well, because why is that? Quite honestly, I didn't understand what it means. Okay, and that's a lot of people's fear with the word camp. A lot of people, especially that were at the Met Gala recently and had no idea what they were doing because the theme was camp. Um, the first place I heard camp was let me think. I think it was when. Um, J.K. Rowling was talking about 
Dumbledore being gay. And the after... Dumbledore's gay? Well, after she said that, there were still a few movies to film. Right. Yet. Yeah. And, and Michael Gambon, who played Dumbledore in the later in movies, you know, three through eight. Right. Um, they said that he would, in between... Um, in between scenes, he would, like, camp it up on set. And I was just like, hmm, what's that mean? And so I, I looked into it more, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense now that Jackie Rowland's coming out saying Dumbledore's gay. And I don't remember when that was. Who knows? When she first said that he was. I mean, it was after the last book was published, obviously. I'm trying to think. We'll look into it. Or you let, we'll let you tell us if, you, if someone knows. Yeah. That'll be fine. Well. Really not important. No. But... I was saying that's the first place I heard that word and you were talking about why you didn't like it. I know. Well, I think for that, it's more of like... It's it's just another stereotype that I think the gay culture mm-hmm. kind of owns. I don't think it's a... I, well, I don't I, think it's a stereotype. Well, it's more of attributed to... Oh, it's part of gay culture. It is. It no, is that's, part of gay culture. That's definitely that's true. De- right. Well, and I, it's rooted in gay culture, but it's not. I think it's just another thing that often gets. I think you associated upon. it with maybe some negative stereotypes, of course, which a lot of people do. I think I think that's probably what it is. Um, and now here we are in 2019, and it was the theme at the Met Gala. Just saying, very happy about that. Well, I think what was really interesting about these shows is now that they're all on syndication, and we we, we rewatch them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were. I think pretty progressive at the time. They all really were. They really were. Especially the Golden Girls, just going to say it. The Golden Girls definitely were. Yeah. I mean, it was a TV show. And the Munsters had this whole, the, the, you know, the cousin that was really pretty, that was like a normal human. I can't remember her name. Um, crap. But anyway, they all thought she was ugly. Yes. Because, but she was like this beautiful, just like regular well, they had human. Family too. Both of them had that. Oh, they did? Yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure that both. Of those had that particular instance. Oh, I know the Munsters had it. I do too. I don't recall the Adams family. I didn't really watch it a whole lot. I mean, like maybe I'm just thinking of the Munsters. I really remember watching more of the Munsters later when they made like the, yeah, the movies. Right. Um, you mean the Adams family? No. Because no. I watched the Adams family movies with what's her face in it, the woman you like. No, I know. There's. um... What's her name? Angela Houston. Angelica Angelica Houston. Houston. Angelica Houston. She Houston is camp. Yes, I love Angela Houston. She is probably one of my favorite actresses. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is my favorite actor. So um, he likes the Adams Family. But I watched the Adams Family movies and the cartoon The Adams Family, but I didn't really watch the show, the no, old show. No, okay, so in the, the Munsters, they had they had something to do with the wax museum. Or they made robots of the Munsters because they were going to put them in the wax museum. Anyway, yes, it came out sometime. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I just remember watching that, and that's really what my knowledge of the Munsters is. Anyway, I think how we got off on this, but I was going to say that with the Munsters and their, you know, quote, ugly cousin, it was kind of like, you know, they were already talking about people that were treated different in society, because people treated them differently. And I think the Adams family kind of worked that way, too. People look at them and treat them like they're, you know, horrible, and they don't right. want to be around them. I know, but, but that, they don't all, they, all of them don't care. They didn't care. They that's just what, were who they were. They were who they were. That's what I like about the Adams family. I was like, Gomez Adams, yeah. he was just like, yeah. oh, I, he just, it just didn't go over his head. He just, he knew it. He just didn't give a shit. Right. They were all like, oh, how revolting, and they loved it. And, yeah. You know, the Munsters, I mean, it was like, they, they weren't even, none of them were the same species. Right. At all. We had, what, well. It was just so over the top. No, and I think Grandpa and Eddie were. You're they right. were both vampires. Grandpa and Eddie were both vampires. And then, the Granny was a witch. Uh-huh. And then you had. I don't remember what the mom was supposed to be. I think she was like the Bride of Frankenstein, which made sense. Was she? Or was she? A I vamp- kinda, or was she a vampire too? No, I can't remember. That would have made the sense. The dad was though. a Frankenstein monster. He though. was a Frankenstein monster. 
Um, I think it would make sense because it was it was Lily's dad, mm-hmm. so it makes sense that she was a vampire. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, I don't really remember. So if I'm wrong on all this, it's been a while since I watched. I didn't Christmas. watch it a whole lot, but I, I didn't either. That's probably my least. That's it. Probably goes for sure. Bewitched number one. It's been a while since I've watched them, and when they they remade the movie mm-hmm. um, Bewitched, oh yeah, it was eh. with Will Ferrell, and I don't God, I don't even remember who the lady was. I don't remember because I just didn't, I wasn't impressed with it. I it was, was weird because I thought it was going to be just like an updated version of Bewitched, but it was about these people making a movie about Bewitched. Right, it was just odd, and yeah, because she yeah she yeah. was no, that it was, was so weird. strange. Um, well, because they kind of progressed that through the thing. Because everything was, oh, you can't have... It wasn't about as a witch. So, like, Darren didn't want Samantha to show her powers. Right. And it was all about being hidden. Right. And the same thing she, with Audrey Magini. And, and being true to Very oneself. Very formula. And yeah. In the house, it was okay, but it was okay in public. Right. A whole lot of allusions here to gay culture, for yeah. sure. And I don't even know if they really meant to, some of them. Oh, a lot I'm sure of they them. probably didn't. But we took it and... They're just being... Went know, with silly it. and over the top and dramatic and camp. Yes. So, um, uh, but those are, I think, the older shows. I think I, I'm more. I mean, because all these shows. I mean, Golden Girls to me was old. I mean, they were. I don't think. Well, they were still filming episodes right after I was born for a few years. But I mean, when I was old enough to be watching it, they were. It was over. It was over, and it was just in syndication. Right. And the nanny, though, I did watch. And the we, nanny was on. I remember watching like the final episode and whatnot on TV, like when it happened. Yeah. And so. Well, it's kind of like now how they're like, got the new episodes for Will and Grace, and then you got the Will and Grace for when we actually were growing up. Right. Um. Well, gosh, the, that Will and Grace ended when I was a junior in high school. Well, I know my dad wouldn't let me watch it because it was full of gay people. Oh, I don't really think I never re- like I watched it in high school, and sometimes. Because I can't remember what shows came on around it on, like, Thursday night. It was, like, my CTV. I have no I idea. think Friends was on there. Third Rock from the Sun was on sometime. I yeah, but my parents would, like, have the, you know, must TV stuff on. So sometimes it would just be on, and then it would get to the point of the evening where Will and Grace comes on, and they would just leave it on and not really care. Or no one would be really watching it. I secretly was. Um, my parents made me turn it off. So Like, if they caught me on watching it, it was turning that TV off. Right. Well, see, I didn't ever watch it around people when... You know, but like I said, if they just happened to leave it on, I would just kind of be be in the room with a book or something, pretending not to pay attention, and I was paying attention. Right. So, but I think you know, for me, the the biggest TV shows that shaped me a lot was The Nanny and The Golden Girls, and I feel like um, Dorothy, especially on The Golden Girls, like I, I get a lot of my sar- sarcasm Dorothy. from her. Oh, believe me, I know. And um, you know, and The Nanny, I just kind of love her over the topness and her. Fashion. There's a whole Instagram account that's called What Fran Wore. Let me just find it so I can give you the exact information. But it has different outfits that she wore on the nanny. Every well, day. I know what I, I thought was so it. different. Well, what I've noticed now that we're rewatching it is like when she went to this wedding, the episode where she is that was the ugliest dress ever. Oh, the handle is What Fran Wore. Okay. okay, and it's great, and I love it, and it's just got different outfits she had on. And tells the, who the designer was, and sometimes they even throw in some of the other characters and what they were wearing, and it's, it's great. I love it. Well, I've actually gotten to a more appreciative thing for that now that we've kind of started from the beginning, mm-hmm. and they really set up the nanny 
like how it was going to end way early, I, which I was surprised about. I think that was always it was the always goal. the goal mm-hmm. is for her to end up with spoilers, Mister Shetfield. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, don't think I realized that. I mean, because they have that tension with each other, and you know, watch when I was younger and watching the older episodes. I kind of watching them in syndication as you as one do, mm-hmm. did back then. They were not necessarily in order, so you would get stuff from the earlier seasons, stuff from the later seasons. Oh, so, I hated that. So you really couldn't see the uh, progression of the characters, whereas now we're able to watch them all the way through and like the first episode. Do you know how long it took me to figure out that TV's shows were in seasons? I'm ashamed to admit. It oh, because you just thought they were just. All I just thought they were all just kind of like there. thrown out there because I watched everything. If it was in. I never watched new shows. I watched all syndicated shows. Yeah. Or, like, kids' cartoons. They just show episodes, whatever. I never... Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, they had certain times... I mean, I think Power Rangers, for example. Camp was, like... They had a time of the day that they showed a new episode every week. But then all during the week, they would just show lots and lots of episodes. Yeah, do you know... At what, one point. Do you know when I realized that? Mm-hmm. I was probably 25. I'm afraid to say. I, I'm not kidding. I was very old. That's not re- true because I knew you when you were 25. Okay. Well, it was much way older than I should have realized that the TV shows were in seasons and they had new episodes. I swear. No. I did. Yes. I was, I was, I was probably maybe 18. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's a little bit better than 25. I don't know. It was a while. Like, it was. Before or after college? I don't remember. That would be a good indicator. I don't remember. That's, that's if you know eight, me very well. That's the difference between I 18 do. and 25, and for you, a doctorate. I know. I know. <laughs> so I know surely to God. Well, and, no, I, well, I take it back, because another camp show, and this is where I first met RuPaul, was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, yes. Because... Sabrina. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is probably... Of the non-retro 60s, 70s shows. Well, Sabrina I would argue Teenage Sabrina is probably retro at this point. But well, she is now. We're calling the nanny retro. She is now. I'm talking about, like, for me growing up. Oh. Like, you identify with the Golden Girls and nanny. Me, Sabrina yeah. Tangiewicz. Right, right, Because right. I watched that religiously every Friday night mm-hmm. uh, when it was on TGIF on ABC. Yeah. And so I had to watch it. So my grandmother always played cards mm-hmm. at the local community center. Mm-hmm. During the time that Sabrina came on. Oh, okay. And they had a little back office. And you'd go sit there and watch And it. I'd go sit in the office <laughs> on a black and white TV, trying to, like, have rabbit ear antennas and aluminum foil, because that's what you had to do back then, <laughs> um, in this community center building, to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad when, for whatever, it was raining or something, and the reception was so bad, because I think... I know later I did figure out this because I did watch Serena all the way from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. I do know that was probably one of the first shows, mm-hmm. other than Stargate, mm-hmm. that I would and, watch. And Charmed. And Charmed. Oh, <laughs> I, I'd watch Charmed from. Well, and just to kind of back up a little bit, when I met you, you owned Charmed and Stargate in their entirety on DVD. Yes. And when you met me, you were 24. Okay. So I started collecting Stargate DVDs. <laughs> so I'm saying at that time, at that you time, knew that things were in season. Right. So I'm probably so thinking it was. Probably, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think it was probably college then that I figured it out like eighteen, like 19. during college, like during college, like during your first year of college, probably. And you probably that, actually had actually. I actually TV. had real TV. So okay, so here's the thing about me with TV. So my parents got satellite TV for um, my dad's 
birthday, which is in April, um, probably when I was 11 or 12. We had it for three months. And the reason that we had it for three months is because I, stayed up late I would stay up late <laughs> watching Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, until 2 o'clock in the morning, and I would always be tired for school the next day, um, starting like when school started back in August. Because mm-hmm. it was fine for the summertime, but when school started back, it got to be a problem. Yeah. So that's really why I had no idea what was going on with TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when everything's on network television... And you're not allowed to watch new episodes of things. Yeah. You just had to watch what my parents approved, mm-hmm. which was the things that are in syndication, which is what they watched. But going back to Serena, yes. So, because RuPaul played, um, he was... One of the judges. He was one of the judges of, of the, the Witches Witch Council. Council yes. or something. And because he was in the little black robes, mm-hmm. and then he transitioned into female RuPaul, mm-hmm. and... Didn't even realize it when I was a kid, what the heck was going on. But you knew it was the same person. I knew it was the same person. Okay. I knew it was the same person, but I didn't realize that that was drag. Right. Well, and I think back then, too... I just thought that was cool TV. Drag did not mean what it means today as far as the cultural phenomenon has become. But I think, too, it was always... Back then, you could laugh... Like it was funny when, it, not the way they did it on Sabrina, right. not the way it was done on RuPaul, but it was it was more acceptable and it was funny when men dressed up like women or acted like women. Right, I know that, but that's it, not how it they wasn't did it a in joke. Sabrina. It wasn't it wasn't meant as like RuPaul right. being like this is joke on RuPaul. This is just part of the comedy of the show. Yeah, that one show, that one show, that was like it. Yes, but not anybody else. It was always a joke, and I think that's kind of how. Sabrina and them, I think that's how they could kind of get away with it on Sabrina was because yeah. they had been done. And, well, yeah, well, because, you know, I mean. Men dressing up as women and it being the gag of, and not a, like, <laughs> not a gag like on RuPaul's Drag Race or like, you know, where you're gagged or something. Gag, yeah. But it was like, like the, the funny, the punchline. The punchline. You know, was men doing women things or being dressed up as women or something well, like that. Well, I think really the turnabout is, sorry, we're going to switch to movies for this, is to me, never really thinking about drag as a thing, but um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. I mean, like, totally, like, the whole thing was a comedy. Drag and camp and... But it and, was not funny and, that and he was Rob doing Williams it. Rob characters, you know, had the gay brother that was married to another man, and I was like... And I didn't even... It, it just went over my head. I didn't even think about it. Didn't even it. think about it. Hmm. And I think that, to us, that... I don't know, that's just... Yeah. It was not an important thing. And everyone loved Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. But it was kind of a punchline. It was a punchline. I get it. But being dressed up as a woman. Well. It was, in some ways. In some ways. I don't but know. in the end, it kind of was like, well, you know. He was, got a TV show out it of was, it. Well, well, that's not what I was say. But it was <laughs> like it was him. And he was their dad. And he right. had been there for them the whole time. Right. And, you know, it was it had it, it, it's it's still a good movie. I think still a great movie. And it's I love it's it. not one that's like look back and like oh wow what were they thinking or we thinking that, that that was okay to do. I think it was fun. Well, it's kind of like when I kind of looked back at the episode we watched with the nanny today about the whole thing about mental illness and how oh yeah they were making fun. Of, she goes she goes the into a psychiatrist's office right. and um, she was talking to the receptionist there or whatever and she's like what are you what are you talking about I'm not here I'm not not here for myself I'm not nuts and. You know, and they, then the audience laughed, right. and then because then she looked at the people that were in the waiting room, and she was like, "Oh, she's like, not there's anything wrong with it." 
And she's like, I'm sure you all are fine. And it was just kind of like... I don't think that would... I Playing into the stigma that goes along with mental illness. And right. that's something that was a punchline. Yes. Mental, you know, mental illness ago, is never a punchline. No. It's not a joke. No. But it was. And they did it in the Golden Girls, too. I know. And they did it in all those shows we I'm talked sure about it's so still, far. I'm still sure it's some, done somewhat now. But mental illness is not a joke. Yeah. That is my... But I think now we're at a point where we have a different under, understanding of, of what it is. And it's my bottom line for that. How it works. Um, so. Yes. Um... And another thing, mm-hmm. because we have to bring this up, daytime TV shows, as in soap operas. Yeah. Now, I think everyone either identifies with General Hospital and Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. And there's another one that's really, I can't think of it. The Young and the Restless. The Young and the Restless, that's what I was trying to think mm-hmm. of. My mom liked Guiding Light and Days of Our Lives, and Guiding Light went, went off several years ago, but Days of Our Lives, I just always thought it was cool. And Days of Our Lives would do weird shit, like have, uh, not Madonna, uh, Marlena be possessed by a demon, and she threw Stefano off balcony, and just this one time where she was like drugged, and she was killing all these people, but then she actually didn't kill them. They were just being shipped off to this island somewhere. I know. So this it was just all the supernatural stuff. This is when Days of Our Lives got cool, because that's when I started liking it. Yeah, but so my good. favorite, because it so started good. from the beginning, was Passions. Mm-hmm. Because it started supernaturally. Well, see, I had a had friend that, the witch. that liked Passions, and I watched it with her one day, and I was like, no, this oh, is dumb. I just liked anything to do with magic. But so. I think it was more about, I mean, it wasn't any dumber than Days of Our Lives. It was all dumb. I think it was just but. that I, Days of Our Lives, I knew the characters, and it was something I was used to. And The scary part about Days of Our Lives, to me, and any of these TV shows, is we when we met, mm-hmm. when Tyler and I met, we started watching Days of Our Lives for some reason it was on. And I think... Because they had their first gay storyline. That's right. With I, Will. With I, Sammy's son, Will. But I think that's up why. until that point, like, I knew what the plot was ten years later. Like, it was so easy to catch up on. I was like, oh yeah, they were doing that ten years ago. Oh yeah, some of it. It's I mean, just because I think they either continued it or brought it back. Or mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that happening. And I met Peter Reckle one time. The guy that plays Bo Brady, I met him at a Broadway show. We were seeing the producers in New York City, and I got to sit next to him, and it was cool. That is cool, because the only other time I've met people is at Comic-Con. Really? Yes. I don't think I've actually met, like, celebrity people just out and about. I'm trying to think of any. Well, the one I can't think of, not that it really happened, but there was a weather storm that happened, and I met the weather girl, because this is probably when I was 10. Lenny Pope? Lenny Pope. I remember one time too. She came to a career day at the middle school when I was in middle school. I think she signed a Christmas card for me because that's the only thing I had for her to sign. Because and that was pretty cool. Wow. I was probably ten or twelve. Wow, the weather girl. The weather girl, Mm -hmm. or weather lady, or whatever they are, weather person. I don't know what they're supposed to be called now or called at all. Yeah. Um, but no, but. Going to Comic-Con is really fun, though. We can kind of talk about that. But I would really... Because... Oh, no! They're going to... They, they're supposed to be doing a Golden Girl cruise. And I think oh, no. it was more about, like, the activities associated I'm with I'm torn, that. though, because if they're doing... Allegedly, maybe doing another Kesha cruise in the same month, we're probably going to go on the Kesha cruise. I know. Either I mean, way. Golden Girl said, with some drag queens. I don't know who it 
could be. Right. But there's a few drag queens that do a Golden Girls show, like Jackie B, and I think maybe Hecklina in Alaska is part of it. And Well, I just think that would be really interesting. But I, I think that they need to do more things of that nature. Um, yeah. Because... Comic-Con is more sci-fi fantasy, but we really don't have anything that I can think of. There probably is out there. More of Comic-Cons for these TV shows that we've watched growing up. And I think that well, I think they're really included. I mean, like... They are included. The one that we're probably going to next month is going to have people from The Office. That would be fun. So, I mean, they they do... And, like, you know, the last time when we went to, the guy from Dukes of Hazzard was there. I mean, they have people from shows. I know. I just think... I just don't... I think they're more of, like extras they're there right. they're not the main event no the main event this one's like Rocky Horror Picture Show or Doctor Who is usually a big thing I know it's uh, Richard Dean Anderson is going to be there and I want Stargate. to I love Stargate if you haven't got that by now that is my favorite show probably ever mm. and I'm going to plug their podcast because if you have never watched Stargate and you would like to watch it, you should watch the first watch rewatch podcast with Nixie and Grace. Listen to you can't watch a podcast. You can't watch a podcast because they actually have it on Patreon. Oh, that's right, you did say that they had. But um, there's it's called There's No Place Like Tara, and they are hilarious. And I'm plugging them because they are my entertainment right now. And you should, if you like Stargate, you should mm-hmm. go find them on Patreon and give them. Whatever, how that works. Because I have done that, and they're wonderful. Um, speaking of which, Stargate is one of those TV shows that kind of... So I've always wanted to go into the military. I'm going to plug a podcast real quick, too. Out on the Lana. It's a podcast similar to that one that's about the Golden Girls, and they recap all the episodes of the Golden Girls. Yes. Those so, are fun, too. I've actually been listening to the Golden Girls, I mean, like we are talking about earlier, watching... Watching it in syndication and now being able to watch it all the way through over and over. I mean, I've seen all the episodes so many times that I can about quote most of the episodes and know exactly, after seeing one little two-second clip of it, knowing exactly what the whole episode's about. Yes, he can do that very easily. I just love that show, and I think there's so many things that relate to real life, and they were so progressive, and I want to be them when I grow up. Like a mixture of all of them. Well, seriously, I always wanted to go into the Air Force. I never did go into the Air Force because because of Stargate. Yeah, and the reason for that is I never knew who our chief executive person was going to be. And right now, it's like our president. Yes, <laughs> because I would be just scared. We have a president about what's going on with the military based on who the president is, especially with someone who has no military experience. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so that's kind of scared me off. Yeah. Because you never know what the administration is going to do. No, you don't. You don't. Um, but that was something I did look into. Which is really interesting. I want to tell you the story of the little side thing. Because I went to the recruiting office, and I talked to the recruiter, and he thought that I was going to want to enlist, but I was like, I'm getting ready to finish college. I want to become an officer, because once you kind of do that, that's how that works. And he just kind of, it threw him so much by why I would want to do that. And I'm like, well, because it's the military and I think it'd be a great career opportunity. Yeah. And it confused that recruiter so much mm-hmm. yeah. that he did not realize that I was already in college. Right. Even though I, I started off with that. Like, yeah. I'm in college getting ready to graduate. Right. And I think he just wasn't listening to me. Yeah. And that kind of scared me off too. Because yeah. I need someone going to be into something you want to be listened to. Well, yeah. Um, but... Kudos for all of y'all who are in the military who might be listening to us because go y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Are you going to put your book down or are you going to read your little thing now? Well, I mean, since we're talking about camp a little bit. Okay. Because, um, you know, it is kind of an abstract thing, but I think that um, Sontag puts it really well. So she's got, um, and you can find it in, she has a compilation book, it's Against Interpretation, and it's just like a bunch of different essays by her. But it says, um, she's talking about that camp is a sensibility. Um, and she said, it is not a natural mode of sensibility, if there be any such. Indeed, the essence of camp is its love of the unnatural, of artifice and exaggeration. And camp is esoteric, something of a private code, a badge of identity even, among small urban cliques. So, I mean, because this was written, let's see. And you couldn't really say, oh, it's part of, you know, gay culture or the, the LGBT scene, because that just wasn't <laughs> discussed or, I mean, it existed, but it wasn't. 1964. Okay. So, five years before Stonewall. Yeah. Um, so, that's when this was written. And the fact that it's been written about and it being such a big part of gay culture is kind of mind-blowing to me um, that we have this. Let's see here. There's something else I wanted to say. Um, camp is a certain mode of aestheticism. It is one way of seeing the world as an aesthetic phenomenon. That way, the way of camp is not in terms of beauty, but in terms of the degree of artifice of stylization. So, so, so like, so okay. it's one way of looking at the world. It is. I mean, like, that's why everyone was so flipped out over what Lady Gaga did at the Met Gala because she had like four different outfits and they were all just like it was all just over the top and just played up. To, and she had like a one of those huge cell phones from like the late '80s, and it was just I think I think over the top is a good way to really simplify it. It's, it's simplifying it too much and it really doesn't catch all the nuance. But over the top is a good way to to look I can at do it. That. And kind of like artificial to the point of it being like just really dramatic and um, like I think of on, on Drag Race especially like Monique Hart and a lot of her outfits with all the eyeballs and everything or, or they're really campy to me so I gave you all these yeah okay a lot yeah I yeah. can see that a lot of Evie's stuff I always thought she a lot of like Evie's stuff really want her from Nickelodeon yeah because yeah. um, campy does not mean like because I think a lot of people think it's like cheap looking like just throw some stuff on that looks silly but that's not it it's still there's still fashion to it and there's still style to it but it's just exaggerated stuff to the point of like um when you wear like ginormous eyelashes or like Trixie and Bianca you know to paint their eyes so that they have these huge lashes and lower lashes and it's like there's no way that that could possibly be a real Right. But it still looks... It's an over-dramatization. Yes, but it still looks real. I mean, it still looks real, but there's no way it could possibly be natural. Right. You know? I could see that. So, well, because I'm over here thinking camp. Oh, let's go to REI, get a tent, and go right. outside to the outdoors. And right. go hike and backpack and things like that. So it's just really interesting to have these two kind of words change. Right. But, I mean, I guess I could see that, especially with Trixie. Yeah. Um, just there's also like, a list of things in here. Okay. This, I just think it's kind of funny. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, it's like random examples of items which are part of the canon of camp include Tiffany Lamps, um, the Brown Derby Restaurant on Sunset Boulevard in L.A., <laughs> the Inquirer, Headlines and Stories, um, Aubrey Beardsley Drawings, Swan Lake, Bellini's Operas, just to name a few, um, 
the Cuban pop singer La Lupe. Um, Lynn Ward's novel and Woodcuts, God's Man, the old Flash Gordon comics. Women's clothes of the 20s, including feather boas, fringed and beaded dresses, etc. And stag movies seen without lust. I don't know. It's just such an interesting... That's an interesting list from 1964. Yeah. Because I have no idea what any of that is, oh. except for the 20s stuff. Oh, well, no, you know what some of it is. Uh, maybe. Tiffany lamps. I don't know what that is. Well, there was, we had one in this room a couple weeks ago. I mean... Okay. It, so, you know what they are. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, well, I really don't know where to progress from this, so kind of take it somewhere. Well, I just, um, I really suggest that everyone go read this, and, like, God, it's really hard for me to find. So I mean, tell them what it is again. So that Well, okay, so the book, well, it's an essay by Susan Sontag, that's S-O-N-T-A-G, and the essay is called Notes on Camp. Okay. So, and the book that I've got that it's in is a collection of her essays called Against Interpretation. Um, I'm sure you could purchase an ebook. Or find it at your local library. Or find it at your, well, yes, find it at your local library. It was hard for me to find this book because okay. there was very few libraries in, throughout North Carolina that, that have them. Okay. Because um, it's just hard to find. Okay. But it's really, you can't really find the whole essay online for free anywhere. So you're probably going to have to purchase it or get it through a library somehow. Um, but I, I definitely recommend reading it if you want to know more about camp. I've not, I've read it through once and, but it's so good and I don't want to miss or I don't want to um, misquote anything or give you the wrong impression of her um, writing on this subject. But it's just really interesting because she's got, like at the end of it, there are, let's see, she goes into um, notes and she's got them numbered and there are like 57 notes. So... So just feel free to check it, yeah, check it out do. yourself. To learn more about camp. Don't judge anything so, just from what we say. Just go check it out yourself. All that to say that watching The Nanny for me and The Golden Girls growing up kind of give, gave me, I think, a view of the world that kind of lines up with what Sontag's talking about camp is. It's kind of an exaggerated, like, you know, a way of looking at things, but I think more a way of presenting yourself. Well, I think sitcoms in and of themselves, because that's what most of these are. These are sitcoms, which I finally realized, like again, later in life, comedy. situational comedy. Huh. I mean, no, I actually got that one really early. I oh, probably good, got that good. in English class when they told me what situational comedy was. Oh, it's okay. kind of like how irony is a form of comedy and things of that nature, and right. Shakespeare plays and things of that nature. Yeah. But um, I think it, so going into that, again, growing up, I was like, oh, this is how life really is, because I had a very narrow look mm -hmm. on life growing up. My yeah, parents were very controlling in mm -hmm. the fact that what I was allowed to look at and see and think. Yeah. And I always thought, oh, this is how life really is. Yeah. And that is never the case in situational comedy. No. Um, mm -hmm. It's just not. I mean, looking at Brooklyn Nine-Nine, <laughs> that is not how place, you know, stations are probably I ran. Think, I think they, I mean, the elements of it are true, but they take, think, they take real life things, I think, and blow them out of proportion. Right, right. For comedy's for sake. For comedy's sake. And, yeah. I get that. Or for art's sake. Or, you know. but even into, like, all TV shows and dramas and things like that, it's just TV. Yeah. And, 
that's all it is. Yeah, it unless is. you're watching watching a documentary or something. You know, and it's, it's still and it's still TV for entertainment. Yeah, like those they, dramatic reenactments, girl. Like, oh, it's like so watching great. no, it's like watching um, American Horror Story and seeing reenactments, even though like the reenactors were reenacting what was really happening. Like Roanoke. Yes. Like season six, yes. my favorite season. That's his favorite season. Oh, God, so good. But I mean, just so good. American Horror Story is a great example of camp, of a camp TV show, of current one. Okay. So, I, I'm trying to think of other yeah. recent ones. Well, it's, just, it's just over the top in a tasteful way, I think. I mean, because it's, it's like, you know, RuPaul says we're all born naked and the rest is drag. It's true. I love that song, by the way. It's like we're born the way we are and, you know, then everything else that we add on to our bodies is a form of drag. dressing up or drag or camp or what, what, yeah. what have you. It's a way that we present None ourselves it's natural. to the world. You know, clothes are not natural. Makeup isn't natural. Tattoos are not natural. But hair color, hair dye, perms, they're not natural. Right. They're not naturally occurring. Well, right. It's the way that you take what you your, can mm-hmm. and making your own identity with the way that you... Yeah. Shape yourself. And presenting and that present, And present the yourself. Because there's all this thing about how, and I, I I don't know who says this or where this came from, but you have the the self that you present to the world. Yeah. The, and then the self that you present to, like, your family. Do you know what I'm talking about here? No. Anyway, you have, like, three different ways of representing yourself. Yeah. And they're just, right. you're different to the world. You're different to your spouse. You're yeah. different to yourself. And so, yeah. and I cannot remember how that goes. So but I think that, that you can find that you're probably going to be at your happiest when those three are the same. Or, or closer to Or it. close to an extension of what is allowable. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And, you know. Right. In certain situations. Right. Yeah. So. I get that. Um, is that all we have to say about Camp TV? No, but we probably could stop there. Well, uh, so much more. Also, wanted to say just as a side note that we realized that last week we did Disney Part One. There's going to be a Disney Part Two, but after we get back, so. yes, yeah, so we we'll have to talk about it because it's Disney, and there's going to be lots of things to talk about. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of as far as back to the TV shows. If there's anything else I wanted to say, I mean, <clears throat> because. The Golden Girls, that's not, I mean, the way that they act towards each other and their lives that they led on the TV show were somewhat realistic, but they were really overdone. I mean, you know, Blanche and all her suitors that she had Uh and her escapades and Rose and her kind of dim-wittedness and, like, it was just, you know, it wasn't the same note over and over, but it was just played up to where that was who their characters were. Um, they still had depth, but at the same time, they were just really overdone for the sake of comedy and for the sake of entertaining TV. Right. Well, I um, think that's kind of what you, you can't really act like that. Like someone can't act like Dorothy all the time, which is why I have to catch myself a lot because I do find myself being really sarcastic to people a lot. Oh yes, he does. And so you can't really be that way all the time and expect people to still react to you the same way and like you and like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't just be a stone-cold, sarcastic bitch all the time and expect for it, you to not, you know, um, have any consequences from it or right. for people to still think that there you're the same grade or whatever. To everything. Yeah. 
I mean, because I, I guess, you know, they're playing characters on a TV show. Well, right. Well, you have to remember that they are characters. Right. And the actresses are actresses themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's why I think also people have to, especially when you're going to places like Comic-Con or anything that you meet yeah. a celebrity, mm-hmm. they are playing a character. Yeah. And that is not who they maybe truly are. Right. And yeah. I think sometimes we have a hard time grasping that as people watching shows. Yeah. They were actually talking about this on There's No Place Like Terror today. Okay. Because one of the actors left the show. Yeah. But we have no idea why he left. Right. Or I don't know if he was even discussed. Yeah. But even so, he just that was a choice that he decided to make. I mean, yeah. you should be mad at someone for leaving your favorite TV show. Right. It's a career for them. It's yes. a job. They are actual, actually a real person in the world with real families and feelings right. to consider. So you have to think about that. And I, I, was, I, I never, and growing up, I, I, I was one of those people that got really upset when someone left When you show. watch a lot of TV like that, especially like that, you you think, oh, well, you can, you know, I can act like that. I can channel that somehow. And, you know, everyone will like me because they love this character or whatever. But it, it is just a character. It is a character, and I think it's really easy. They to... don't really, they don't, they, they don't really reflect real life. They take parts of real life and camp it up or blow it out of proportion or make it in a way that's entertaining. But you can't watch these things and expect for life to be that way. And I get what you were saying earlier about kind of you watch those things and you think that's how life really is. Right. And it's not. And it's not. Well, I, I know it's just kind of like um, I was going somewhere with that, and now I forgot where I was going. But, um, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, It'll come back to you. It will come back to me in about 10 minutes after we hit the stop button. Well, that's okay. Um, But just, I don't know. I always had that look into, oh, oh, I know what it was. People going in and saying, I could do a job like that. Or I could do something like, it's like watching someone paint or do gymnastics or anything that they, like, it takes so much talent and Mm -hmm. practice and time an effort yeah. that you look at someone and like, oh, I could have done that. Yeah. And you probably really couldn't have done that. No. Because... Well, so much goes into so it. So much goes into it. But it's kind of like, to me, like drawing, I think drawing, now, for me, drawing is very difficult. I'm not a very good drawer. But... I don't agree. Seeing a, <laughs> seeing a you are, but... finished product mm-hmm. and copying that is a lot easier than doing that originally. Yeah. And I th- going from start to finish. Going from yourself. start to finish itself, and I think people miss that whole concept because we are always about the end product. I'm like, yes, I could do that. Well, yeah. of course, you can do that if you already know what that something looks like. Yeah. But if you have no idea if it's ever been done before, it's a really hard thing. Well, I think something that just from you know being with you for a long time now, and when I was first starting to be around your family, like you all kind of have these. You know, jobs that are like medical profession stuff, and you all kind of look down on anything that had to do with the arts because you were all like, Oh, well, I could easily do that. You know, like singing or drawing or whatever, writing a book, right. writing poetry. Like, you all were just like, Oh, well, that's, you know, anybody could do that. I could do that. I could go on TV right now and act and be just, just as good as the rest of them. I'm not saying anyone in specific because right. it was all of you. Yeah, it so was are, all of you. So, where are you going with this? Well, I'm just saying that, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't really think that way anymore. Well, I know you don't anymore. And um, I don't think I ever really did. I think it was just something that... I think it's just people don't really... Th- you, you know, you have the things that you've known all your life, and then you, you kind of can belittle other people or think that they must 
have it easy because they're making so much money because they're on TV or something like that, but it's not necessarily the case. Well, I look at it this way. And this is, actually, this is a pretty good concept of how this is. It's like a bicycle, okay? So everyone learns how to ride a bicycle around five years old, let's just say. Three to five, whatever, get on training wheels, whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you know how complicated bicycles are when you actually go to a bicycle shop and they explain all these terms to you about different kinds of brakes and different kinds of suspensions yeah. and all these different kinds of things that go on a bicycle? Right. But no one thinks about that. No. Because... It's a bicycle. Yeah. Like, everyone knows how to ride a bicycle. Yeah. But there are so much more to a bicycle than what we know. Two wheels and handlebars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like... You take things for granted. You do. You take so much things for granted. And you don't think about all the other pieces that go into something. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with a computer. Like, you look at a computer. Everyone can go to Best Buy and buy a computer. But then it's all got these little different parts. And then you got Mm -hmm. the people who really like to build things. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so much more complicated. And... Ask that person who loves to do computers how that computer works. I bet they can't tell you because what does the CPU do? You know what I'm saying? Like, all the different parts of the bus. And Good Lord. I mean, you can just get into it and it's so complicated. Mm -hmm. But surface level knowledge, I think, is really dangerous for a lot of people. Yes. Because you know something about something does not mean you know anything about anything. Right. It's like, I hope that made sense because I think it did in my head. But I I don't know. I just think, think that's kind of... I don't know what, how we got on this tangent, no. but I, I think that's a really big political, all-world view kind of thing. Just because you know a little bit about something does not make you an expert. No, yeah, thank you for that, because um, a lot of people think that they are experts on everything and can't admit that, you know what, I don't know the answer to that question, or I don't know about, about this. mom. Not necessarily, <laughs> but I do know people that are like that, and... It's it's just aggravating to me because it's like let's be able to admit when we don't know something and and be able to at least fi- look something up or find someone who's able to help you find more information on a subject librarians or ask and be open to the idea of learning something more open to the idea that maybe you don't know it all right you know so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how we got there. From well, I don't know, but anyway, about. I think that's a really important discussion to talk about. We'll talk about that a lot later. Yeah. But I think I have nothing else to say about campy TV shows except that's Brandon Teenage, which was really awesome. And I don't know. That's what I want to say that because she was cool. Anything to do with magic. Growing up, there was Teen Angel. That was really campy. <laughs> You're talking about camp, Teen Angel. Um, if anyone remembers that one. Yeah. Um, oh, there was another one. Had the, I think the Hughley's was, is it D.L. Hughley? He, he had the show. And mm-hmm. there was something before that. I'm trying to think of the TGIF lineup. Oh. Um, I just remember Serena Teen Angel and Teen Angel. Those mm-hmm. the, they came back and back back. Yeah. But. Well, I think too, after being able to watch The Nanny a lot this weekend since we purchased them, um, kind of like Fran's whole like outlook on things. As I far love as, Fran's outlook on stuff. Yeah. Like I she wish just I so, had that like, it, you know, like, you know what? This is not a big deal. Let's just move on and keep going from this. This is not going to define you as a person. Like, her interacting with the kids and with you know, Mr. <laughs> Sheffield, and they were all, like, this rich family or whatever, and they thought, and they had all these problems, and she was like, you know, that's not a big deal. Because she was coming from a completely different place in the world. I know. And she was kind of smashed in together with their family, and so she just had a lot of good wisdom. There's a lot of good wisdom in the on that show. I have, like... For someone who did not like the show growing up, I'm really appreciating watching it again. Like, mm-hmm. like I say, it wasn't like I didn't like it. It's just, I mean, everyone thought her voice was annoying, and I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. 
I just kind of went along with the crowd. It was a funny thing, and that's how her voice is. And yeah. She, but she did, well, it's not completely, she doesn't actually talk like that all the time. That was done up a little bit for the show right. camp. But um, one of the episodes today, you know, the the youngest girl, which I can't remember her name now, but um, Gracie, maybe? Grace. 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 Um, but she was upset because Cece told her that, you know, Fran had to spend time with them because she was paid to. She was the nanny, and, you know, Grace went away and went to Fran's house because Fran was at her mom's house for whatever reason. But then she was like, do you only love me because my dad pays you? She was like, well, my yeah, your dad pays me to you know, watch you, but she was like, I love you because I love you, and that's why I care about you, and it's just some really good things. There's and a lot of good things in it. All the wit in that show, too, and like Niles and Cece and their whole back and forth and just everything with all of them. It's just so, you know, sarcastic and hilarious, but they have some good things that come out of it, and I think some good life lessons. It is. I think that's what you need to take out from sitcoms is the laugh lessons of what they try well, to... some of them. Some of them. They're, <laughs> some of them, they're trying to teach you a message. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of usually the goal of, of any form of art, whether it be a TV show or a movie or a book or anything. I mean, they're trying to get some point across. So Just be open and receptive to it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Even if you don't agree with it. Yeah. And be able to, you know, you know, decipher what's real from what's, you know, fake. That's something your mom talks about a lot. My mom does talk about a lot. Can't a lot. figure out what's real and what's fake. And we talked about how, like, on... Doctor Who especially, and a lot of shows on the BBC that's like, the stuff that's fake, they make it, you know, uh, very you. clear thank that it's fake. Thank you, BBC America, like it's BBC so, for doing that. But then, you know, I, I like that, because yeah. it makes it like, this is fake, this is TV. Yeah. But a lot of our, but a lot of sci-fi shows, well, which, you know, but Black Mirror is British, and it's not, you know, but a lot of shows we have, you know, nowadays with all the technology, is it's hard to decipher what's real. I mean, you can tell that like if there's a ghost on the screen and you know you don't believe in ghosts and it's like well you know obviously that's computer generated but it's so things are so realistic it's looking. like watching the Terminator and if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger if it's really just a robot of, or a model of him yeah I think or it's if a, it's him from the past right and his face put on some other guy's body which like, is how they did it or that's how they did um, in the last movie in Avenger or Captain America yeah because they just kind they, of CGI'd yeah. What's his face? His name? Yeah. Chris Evans' yeah. face on to somebody else. Just, yeah, they so, did. I mean, just that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we really got off side track yeah. on this, but that's okay because this is why this podcast is so cool. It is. It is. We just get on tangents. Yeah. So please tell us if we said anything wrong, or, <laughs> or if you want to correct us on anything, correct so, us. Please anyway, correct us. You can find us on Instagram at Richard Plus Tyler. Right. Do we have a Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> it is gay culture pod gay culture pod yeah um our website is gaycultureis.com mm-hmm. and i believe that's all anyway yeah. you can find us on well what itunes oh soundcloud girl, all over the place no not soundcloud, not SoundCloud. no why do you even say I soundcloud itunes anywhere you can find podcasts which is soundcloud but no. apparently we're not there no i thought it was they didn't soundcloud does not use i don't know no it's okay I'm okay with admitting that I don't know anything. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But almost anywhere you can find podcasts. Anyway. At least Spotify, Google, Apple, and Stitcher. See, along thank with you. many more. That's all I wanted him to say. Anyway, so. thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Mm-hmm. We'll do it again next week. Yes. So, and then we'll, because we're leaving for Disney later next week. So we'll have another one for you before we go. And then after we get that, we'll talk more Disney stuff. Yes. All right. We'll see you next time. Everyone, enjoy. 
Yes, enjoy the sounds of our new outro music. Oh yeah, because we had to change that because it was just. Nah. Yeah, and for those of you that did like the other, I'm I'm sorry, but not really. Okay, bye. bye.